your time does not equal a certain amount of money, nor mm -hmm. is it universal. You're listening to Take It Personally, a podcast about the personal side of business and the art of standing out. I am so excited today to be joined by Samantha St. Marie. Samantha is a productivity strategist, and specifically, she works with service providers to help them find clients with ease and create their perfect work schedule. Because we all know that the perfect work schedule for somebody is not necessarily the best work schedule for us. And in this culture of online business and so much hustle and grind, I think a lot of us are kind of coming up for air and realizing we actually don't have as high of capacity as we thought we did. And instead of trying to push past that, Sam really says, hang on, can we create a schedule that serves your life really well, that serves your business really well, and still serves your clients in a really wonderful way that gets you paid what you want to be paid um, and has you actually loving your job and loving the flexibility that you have as opposed to feeling like you have to show up even on days where you don't feel like showing up because those days are going to happen. This conversation both Sam and I could have gone on forever. You can tell we're both very fired up about it. And Sam is so passionate about productivity when it comes to how service providers are running their businesses. And she's got a personal story as to why that is. So enjoy this interview with Samantha St. Marie. When I think back on my first years of business ownership, it is a sea of Excel spreadsheets and paper contracts and taking checks by mail. And it worked for a while. But as someone who isn't particularly organized, I soon realized it was a bit risky to be hodgepodging everything together. I needed something that organized my clients in a way that made it easy for me to keep track of them and their projects and ideally save me some time. Dubsado has been my right-hand software ever since. Dubsado was my assistant before I could afford to hire an assistant and even 10 years later as my team has grown, it continues to keep us organized and sane. It allows me to send and accept digital contracts, no printing or scanning, it's all done online, send invoices and receive payments faster than when I was receiving them by mail, and it integrates with so many other platforms that I use, like Google Calendar, so I never miss an appointment. One of my favorite Dubsado features is payment plans. This allows me to organize my monthly revenue so I have more consistent months of income, as opposed to some months that were super high and some months that were super low. Now I can spread out the payments, making it easier on my clients who receive automated reminders, and it's far more predictable for my monthly budgeting. I can also set up workflows to help clients prep for their sessions without me having to remember to send weekly emails. Honestly, when people ask me the one business tool I can't live without, it's Dubsado. If you're ready to up-level the back end of your business and make your life a whole lot easier, you can head to dubsado.com and get 20% off your first month or year with the code MADDIEPASHONGPHOTO, all one word. That's 20% off your first month or year with the code MADDIEPASHONGPHOTO. Samantha, thank you so much for joining me today on Take It Personally. Mm, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Yes, same here. So go ahead and introduce yourself. 
Well, again, thank you so much for having me. My name is Samantha St. Marie. I am a client acquisition and productivity strategist. Yes, it is a mouthful, but I have to say it every single time because well, it's what I do. So I specialize in helping online service providers. So think more freelancers versus like all coaches. I find that those are completely different sales. So it's another thing that we can dive into as well. Um, So I help freelancers, online service providers grow and scale their businesses through acquiring really, really high quality clients and kind of optimizing their time. So they're not trading their soul for a dollar, which we never want to do. Yeah, definitely. So talk a little bit about the people that you work with and when they come to you, what are they in need of? Like what's kind of going on that they decide I want to work with Sam? Mm -hmm. So over the past couple of years, I would say the biggest thing that the biggest reason people have started to work with me is they tend to have shiny object syndrome. There is a lot of content out there, so much so that we kind of feel very pulled in a hundred different directions in a completely different way than any other generation ever has, right? So when a lot of older generations talk about how to run their businesses, a lot of it doesn't apply to us because we are torn in a way that they don't quite understand. So when we discover the online space, discover that there is this entire community of entrepreneurs growing their own businesses from home. We're like, oh, okay, that person sells this. Oh, well, I need to be doing this. Oh, I need to be selling that. Oh, well, I don't have this in my roster yet. I should incorporate that. And we get into this habit of creation instead of selling. So we're like, I don't understand why I'm not making money. I have all these great offers, but yet I'm not making money. So a lot of my clients come to me because they have shiny object syndrome. They're like, I want to have this offer, this digital product. I want to venture into coaching and I want to have an online course. And I'm like, whoa, 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 let's scale back for a second. What are you doing right now? Where's your money coming from right now? And it's all about the stepping stones and making sure that we have that amazing offer. And we are actually finding the clients that not just want to buy it, but actually want to buy from us as people, because I believe that having those high quality clients and working with them for years, most of my freelance clients have been with me for years and have grown over time. So I help people find those particular kinds of clients so that you're not constantly on the client acquisition hamster wheel. So it's the shiny object syndrome, the lack of focus, the where, why isn't my money here? Um, And then we kind of like build from there and we build this like well-oiled machine of great clients, great offer, but not a 40-hour work week. Yeah, there's so many awesome things about the online business world, but I think you're spot on with the fact that it can lead to a lot of overwhelm, especially for service providers who at the end of the day need to be selling a service. And sometimes that can get a little diluted. Oh, oh, for sure. Yeah, because... There is this very, you know, this little like tickle feeling of passive income that's out there. Don't get me wrong. Passive income is amazing. Who doesn't want to see an email in the morning when they wake up saying they made money while they slept? But there is so much more that goes on behind the scenes to make that happen. It's not just releasing it off and then all of a sudden these sales happen. People don't really understand that to get those passive income sales, it's really just as much work as selling service. 
because you are having to drive traffic. It's all about math. And I could go on and on forever about that. But we start seeing all this content around don't trade time for money. If you, you know, are a service provider, you don't really own your business because you rely on other people to pay you. And it's all of this content around, you know, saving time, not actually being glued to your desk. And it can kind of sway you from what you're really passionate about, which is helping people, offering a service, making their businesses run better, making their lives better, and make you focus on all these things that other people have that you don't necessarily have, but do you actually want those things? It's, mm-hmm. it's a vicious cycle. So how did this become something that you're so passionate about? So for me, I was very much one of those people. So it was a few years ago that I really dove into running my business and I took on every client that I possibly could. We're talking everyone from like an online course creator to um, I took on some kind of orthopedic clinic in my city. I took on a mortgage broker. I took on a, a bunch of different people. There was no rhyme or reason for the people that I took on. It was just like, ooh, you have a dollar sign on top of your head. I want you. And they all, a lot of them treated me like crap. A lot of them treated me like crap because I wasn't necessarily bringing the partnership and the value that they really needed. It was just fulfilling a task. And then I lost all of my clients and I kind of went back to square one because I hadn't built it in a way that made sense. And then fast forward a couple of years later, I started only working with online course creators who are moms. Specifically who are moms, because they have a set of values that I really agreed with, which was not necessarily looking at their business as the number one thing in their life. They valued a lot of other things as well. And then when I got pregnant with my daughter last year, I was like, okay, I'm not going to be able to work as much because in Canada anyway, if you don't pay into unemployment, which I do not, you don't get maternity leave. Right. So I was like, okay, I'm going to have to a save up enough money to take time off when she's born. And then, and then some, right. I can't work as much as I was before. So I had to try and figure out how I was going to serve all my clients, still generate revenue and take care of my family, but also now have this other little human that required my time and attention 24 hours a day, you know? So that's kind of where I started getting into this concept of really picking my clients, making sure that I was charging enough for my time and not working as much. Because at the end of the day, I probably have two or three hours every day, if that, if that, mm-hmm. that I can dedicate to my business, which is a fraction of what I had before. So it's just a series of events that have led me here. And it really depends on where people are at the stage in their life where maybe they're running rampant serving clients, maybe they are pregnant with their next child, maybe there's something else in the world that they have to do, but there will come a time where dedicating every waking hour to your business is not going to serve you anymore. And that's where I was. And that's why I do what I do now. I think that that's the tipping point for so many women in the workforce. And I know every time that my schedule has changed or my capacity has changed, the catalyst was a pregnancy or a baby realizing that like, oh, wait, I actually have way less time than I thought I did. Oh, 
Absolutely. And I remember when I was pregnant with her, I thought, okay, because my husband, and I have opposite schedules. He works in the morning. He gets up at 3.30 in the morning. He works at a news radio station. And so he goes and does that, but he's home by noon. And so I was like, I'll be on mom duty in the morning and he'll do dad duty in the afternoon. But by the time I got to him coming home, I was exhausted. And there were just some days where I was like, I can't now turn it on and come and do my job. There are some days where I had it and some days I didn't. And I had to build a schedule and build a business that allowed me to do it when I could and then not do it when I felt like I couldn't. And I think that is the biggest takeaway from what I have been able to build is there are days where I know I have stuff that I could be doing, but I don't have to do it. And so I choose not to. And then on the days where I feel it, I'm like, okay, I could go downstairs for two hours and hammer out a bunch of work. And so I choose to do that. But I've built a business where I get to choose when I do the work because I do it when I feel my best. And then I step away when I feel like I can't. And I don't think that that kind of business needs to wait until you have a baby. I think it could happen before when you're first starting your business. If you don't have kids, if you are completely single living in an apartment by yourself and you want to travel, who knows? But that kind of business should happen way before you are forced to build a business that way. I love that. And I think that that's so true. There have been so many things, especially over the last year or so, kind of coming back from um, being so locked down during the pandemic and realizing, I know a big realization that I had was I actually don't like to be as busy as I thought I did. <laughs> oh, same here. Same here. I thought having a packed schedule was so awesome and being able to tick off all the things and leave at the end of the day being like, wow, look at all the things I did. But then I'm exhausted at the end of the day and I can't yeah. do anything else. I don't want to be that busy. And why should I have to be, you know? I think, and I would be curious if you agree, I think in the online business world, it gets this reputation of you can only have a schedule like the one that you're describing if you do have those streams of passive income. And if you are getting paid while you sleep, and if you're not, well, then you know you, you got to hustle, you got to grind. And I love the fact that you're saying like, no, 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 this can happen before. So what are some of those things that uh, people can start doing now to make it so they can set their schedule up for this kind of success without waiting until they have a course that's been purchased by millions? Because that's not realistic for a lot of us. It's not. And there should never be pressure to create something like that. I think it's really important for us to normalize non-six-figure income. If you are perfectly happy with making $50,000 a year, then that is perfectly okay. It is more than okay. So I just want to normalize five-figure income. Let's let's just put that out there first because you don't have to want to reach for the stars or be on that stage or have thousands and thousands and thousands of followers. You could just want to help people. That's it's it's different for everybody. But we get drawn into this whole if your goals aren't big enough, then you're not a real entrepreneur, you're not a real business owner. So your goals are your goals, no matter how small or how big. There are no small or big goals. There are just goals. End of story. So when it comes to actually creating that flexible schedule, there are a couple of things that I usually recommend that people do. First, you really need to evaluate the kind of services that you're offering because there are certain things that 
don't allow you to have a flexible schedule. So mm-hmm. if you are, for example, a virtual assistant and you manage somebody's inbox and that requires you to be in the inbox every single day, you know, you are choosing to offer that service. So you don't really have the option of like, okay, I don't feel like working today. You kind of have to. So if you're somebody who wants all the flexibility in the world, you really have to pick and choose what you're offering to make sure that you can walk away when you want to and that you're not actually required to be at your desk. If you're somebody who is perfectly fine with sitting down and checking in on things or doing certain things at different times of day, then great. That's awesome. But that flexibility is going to be a little bit tighter for you. So I always recommend that people really evaluate their services and say, like, how much flexibility does each of these things get me? Because, you know, if you are a social media manager, but you only report once a month on different things, maybe you create content, you can batch all of that. And then, you know, you only have to sit down once a month to look at the reporting. There are so many options that you can lay out for yourself. So do an evaluation of your services. Make sure that they each have the level of flexibility that you need. And if they don't, what tweaks can you make to those services? So if you are a virtual assistant, can you make tweaks to your services so you don't have to sign on every day? Maybe it's just a slight, like my office hours should be different. Maybe I'm not in the office Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Maybe I'm only in the office Monday through Wednesday and then Thursday, Friday are optional if I feel like it. Design something and then as you take on new clients, just implement those things because I think we forget that when people sign on with us, they didn't know what we had before. Mm. They didn't they don't know what the other clients have. So if you are having to report in every single day with one client, new clients don't know that and they don't have to know that. So it's okay to make tweaks and treat every client a little bit differently to kind of test out what works for you. And then the other thing that I I drive home with every single one of my clients that I take on is if you can charge a monthly retainer, you 100% should charge a monthly retainer. Hourly rates, you should try to phase those out as much as possible simply because your time does not equal a certain amount of money nor mm-hmm. is it universal, right? So where I live, the cost of living has skyrocketed in the last couple of years. But in certain states in the United States, cost of living is a lot lower. And then you get, you know, virtual assistants in the Philippines that charge peanuts, basically. So hourly rate is not universal. And so you do fall into a category of a lot of the times it does come down to money. It does come down to, oh, well, her hourly rate is lower. His hourly rate is lower. I'll go with that person. If you charge a monthly retainer, it's simply a flat rate for the tasks that you're going to do in a month. And it doesn't matter how long those tasks take. It just matters that they get done. Now, what a lot of people will say to me is, well, I don't know how long these tasks are going to take, though. And so what I like to do is kind of break it down into the math. And we look at each individual task. We look at how much time is estimated. And then we quote just a little bit higher. And then if it takes you a little bit longer at first, that's okay. Because as you continue to work with this client, the amount of time it takes you to do these things is going to be small. But the kicker is, as it takes you less time, your income doesn't go down. You should not be penalized for being efficient. You should not be penalized for not taking as long as somebody else. 
If it takes you two hours to do something that it takes somebody else five hours, why should you make less? In my mind, you should make more. So as you become more efficient with this client, you will make more money and have more room for more people. And there will rarely be a ceiling. So, you know, there is a client that I started working with almost four years ago, and she started at like $400 a month. And now she's close to 3000 a month, but I only work maybe five hours a week for her because I just am that quick with her stuff. Now I can serve her and, you know, tune in and get what I need done and get out because I know how to help her with her business now. So do an audit of your services, make sure you are offering something that gives you the flexibility that you want. And then start cutting out hourly rates and just do monthly retainer. That way, it's not, this is how many hours I worked. This is what I made. It's just, this is what I have to offer. This is what it costs. You're going to pay me. I'm going to get it done. Doesn't matter when, doesn't matter how long it takes. End of story. That way, you can just layer more people on as you become more efficient. I love how that focuses more on the value that you're providing as opposed to the amount of time because you are spot on. Like if it's, I mean, I know even with my assistant, we've worked together now for about four years. So it takes her far less time to do things than it used to, but you're right. Like she should be paid more in that case, right? Like she's bringing more value. I'm able to put more on her plate because we have that kind of shorthand and it's the same with other service providers. If it is taking you less time, that's a really big benefit to your client. Exactly. Things get done faster. It means that they can generate more revenue. They can work with more people. Like It's a win-win scenario. And so if you are charging a flat rate, a lot of my clients even love this because they just know what their expenses are every single month. Mm -hmm. It's just the same thing. Not like, okay, well, how long is that going to take you? Okay, well, let me do the math in terms of how how much more that's going to be this month. You know, it's, it's just, it's a flat rate. And then every single year you can up it by a percentage, whether it's 10%, 15%, whatever it is, so that, you know, you can continue to raise your rates as time goes on. But ultimately, like I've said, your time does not equal money. It's what you bring to the table. It's what you provide. And by building it this way, you also get the bonus of that flexibility. So if you do have a sick kid at home, which, you know, I know that you had one, you had a sick kid at home a few weeks ago, um, you know, you can clear your schedule. And maybe when that kiddo goes down to bed at night, you can, you know, do your work later, or you can do it on the weekend or whatever it is. Your flexibility is quite endless. As long as you're meeting deadlines, obviously deadlines are still a thing. But, you know, as long as you could do it the night before. People tend to not care as long as stuff gets done. But by designing it in that way, you do truly get to decide when you work and when you don't and when you're feeling it and when you need to take time. And when life gets in the way, we're not going to stress about it because nobody's going to get upset with you and you're not going to lose clients. Revenue is not going to go down. If anything, revenue is going to go up because you have more time because you're not trading time. I think we have all experienced times throughout our business where we're just not feeling that level of creativity. 
and immediately go to that place of like beating yourself up because I, I need to get this done and it's just not happening. And don't get me wrong. Like you said, deadlines are still a thing. There's still maybe days where you don't really feel like working and something has to get done. However, a schedule like this to me leaves so much more room for that creative freedom of being like, you know what? I'm just having kind of an off day. I'm going to take a minute, come back tomorrow with fresh eyes and really get it done. We have this tendency to feel like we have to be on all the time. And that's just not realistic. Oh, for sure. And I think that comes down to a lot of what social media does to our brains. I've personally been on this like crazy journey of digital minimalism like how like what part do I want the internet to play in my life and in my business and ultimately we look at social media and all we see is people being on you know what a lot of people come on they're like no filter or I'm being real look at my you know messy living room but you're still being on because you're still on social media it doesn't matter if you're trying to be real. If you are on social media and posting, you're still on. Let's just say like, it doesn't matter if there's no filter, if the living room's messy, if your kid's screaming, you're still showing up. And mm-hmm. you do a version of being on so you can look at that content and be like, oh, look at her being real. And like, I don't have to, I can show that, but you're still going to be on. Right still a part of your brain that has to switch on to write the caption, to engage. And it's just, you do not have to be on all the time. And so when you are doing that audit of your services, also take note of how much of that stuff can be done in advance. It's okay if, you know, you create content for a client and you want to get two, three months ahead. I'm I'm not saying that you should, but I've done it before because my version of maternity leave was sitting down and hammering out all of my client work for September, October, and November, I did that mm-hmm. all throughout July and August. We all had an agreement. I was like, I'm going to schedule everything. Everything is going to be done. It's going to run smoothly. I had an emergency email thread. So like I sent them an email with like an emergency subject line. I was like, if you need me, reply to this. But I had done three months of work in advance because I built my business in a way where stuff can be done in advance as much as humanly possible. So when you're doing that audit of your services, ask yourself, A, is the flexibility there? And how much of this can I do in advance? Do I have to show up live for half of this? Or can I scale that back and only have to show up once a week? Can I batch as much as possible and get ahead so that if I have an off day or even an off week, I don't have to beat myself up? Because I've actually done the work in advance to prepare for that. So you can actually give yourself a pat on the back and say, thank you, past Sam. You set me up for success when I was when I'm having an off day. So really, this is a good thing. So you can kind of spin that on its head. And when you're having an off day, you've actually prepared yourself for that you've done a positive thing for your mental health and for your body and for your business. So yes, we do think we have to be on all the time. And you don't. But to avoid beating yourself up and feeling like you have to show up, there is that level of preparedness of doing things in advance. So you can also add that in and make sure that you're able to do things two, three, four weeks in advance if you want to. And then, you know, if you want to toss other things in while you're, while you have some slow time, do that. But 
that flexibility, again, is going to be endless if you have those things in place like that. Do your clients, do you find, well, I guess, did you find when you were making this transition that you got any sort of pushback from clients or do your clients have issues with that? I'm just curious, like what those boundaries have to look like to make sure that like, okay, no, stick with me. Like this is going to be the right thing, but it might, I mean, everything comes with growing pains, right? Yes, of course. Um, so when I first started this transition, I did have a couple of clients that were very used to a high touch service, I'm talking daily conversations on Slack and Boxer. And it was exhausting, let me tell you. So I did have a little bit of pushback, you know, saying like, I feel like I don't talk to you as much anymore, you know, all of this. And we had to overcome that by having a very real conversation of saying, you know, we don't need to talk every day. Mm -hmm. What is it that you need me for? What do you need me to come in here and talk to you about? Or if we don't talk every day, what do you feel like you're missing? Or what value are you not getting? What deliverable isn't being done? All of those things. So it's about asking the hard questions and not being afraid to stick up for yourself a little bit. But this also comes back to really being selective about your clients. And now I know when you're first getting started, you just want people in the door. And I fully support people bringing on clients, testing out different audiences and seeing what works for them. And so when I came to the decision of who my audience was, I knew that I wanted to work with people who really valued their personal lives. So online course creators specifically who are moms, okay? So when my kid is sick, and I need to be off for a couple of days and I'm not going to be on my computer. They're, they're like, go, go do your thing. Go do your thing. I'll see you. I'll talk to you when you get back. So by selecting those really high value clients that value the same things that you do, that see you as a partner instead of just a contractor that they pay, it does take some time. But once you find the first one, you then kind of pick out those qualities and you can find the second one quite easily. So that's why having a specific audience that you specialize in, it's not necessarily just for marketing. It's also for your own sanity as well. Yes. A hundred yeah. mic drop, a hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's, it's not just about marketing. It's how they make you feel. So I ended up dropping both of the clients that gave me pushback. I had the luxury of being able to do that though. I know that that's not something that everyone can do. And then I just naturally started to just pull away a little bit, a little bit at a time. One thing that I highly, highly, highly recommend that people do is have a email auto response. I know that you have one and I, I, I love it. One. Yeah. But big literally fan. just, Hey, these are the hours that I'm in my office. I do not answer emails outside of this. You know, if, you need help. Here are some links to other things that can help you or some FAQs or whatever. You know, if you're a client, here's the link to log into your portal. If you know, you have a question about this, here's a blog post to answer that for you. Pack the most common things into that email auto response. And I tell you probably 99% of the time you won't even have to respond. They will just have the answers there already. If somebody is inquiring about your services, Send them a link to the form to fill out to set up a call with you. It's very easy to set those boundaries right away. 
as long as you stick to them too. If you get an email at 11 o'clock at night and it seems like a cool client, don't, don't respond. If you feel like you need to get something out of your brain, schedule it for the next morning. Do not reply to that. Do not set that expectation, but have an email auto reply that really outlines in like concrete black and white. This is how I show up and when. And then no one's ever really going to question that. I actually have a client who we have a meeting later today. And she said, I know this is outside of your office hours. But I think she said that to me three or four times. And so she, she's like, I know it's outside of your office hours. So don't worry if you can't look at it. We'll just chat about it on our next call. And I'm like, that's so sweet that you know that that's outside of my normal office hours. But guess what? She has multiple children at home, one of them being a toddler. And so she gets it right? She gets that I have seven month old upstairs with her grandma right now. And if I need to get up and go get her and bring her down here, that's okay. You know, so there is such a holistic approach to business that is very important, right? From your offer to the people that you let into your space, to how you respect yourself, and the flexibility that you can build all comes from all those places, having people that, you know, respect your space, offers that support the space that you need, money that allows you to come and go as you please. These are all stepping stones to a business that allows you to take time that you need and show up when you feel on, but not be on all the time. Yes, I love that. I love that so much. It's everything that you're saying. I think it also comes back to us, like you said, enforcing those boundaries and and not feeling bad about it, right? Like, I think your client example is so true. Our clients don't necessarily hate boundaries, like not the good clients, not the like, you know, soul sister type clients. Like, I think the majority of people who I've said who I have essentially like laid out a boundary for these are my office hours, or this is when you know, I need you to email me not text me, whatever. They receive that very well. And we have a tendency to feel bad. I have a lot of clients who struggle with the constant communication from Instagram, from Facebook, from email, from text messages. And we can talk all day long about what that boundary needs to look like. But until you start lovingly enforcing it, it's not going to change. And it doesn't make you a bad person to say, hey, shoot me an email instead. Oh, for sure. We always feel like we are going to upset someone or offend them or, you know, lose out on that opportunity because we were not the first one to reply, respond, show up, whatever it may be. But the reality is that people are a lot more patient than we give them credit for. And the people who value space and boundaries will also respect your space and boundaries. And people who do not respect that, they're going to be a nightmare. I'm just going to throw it out there. Nightmare clients are a real thing. And that is like the first red flag that I talk about with all of my clients. If they decide to send you multiple emails about the same thing, because you haven't replied yet, that's like, I got, oh, I got 100 emails from a single client in five days. No. Yes. She's very sweet person. They always are. She's so nice. But it was constant. And I spent hours and hours and hours replying to her only to lose her as a client later, because 
there just was something that didn't click. And so she wasn't a nightmare person. She was very high maintenance and needed more of my time than I could give her. So yeah, a hundred emails in five days. That was, it was a lot. Oh my gosh. So there's obviously a ton that we have talked about that people can start implementing in their business to kind of move toward this more flexible schedule. So you really have a business that's designed for your life, which obviously feels good for everyone. What are some, and you've already mentioned a few, like with the autoresponder, but what are a few things that people can start doing like tomorrow to start transitioning this way? If they're feeling like, okay, you know, I I want to get rid of my hourly rate. I do want to move to retainers and all of this, but like, are there some kind of quick wins that you would recommend um, people kind of starting with to get their feet wet? Yeah. So, I mean, I definitely recommend people getting a handle on their time, first of all. So one of the big things that people have to do is figure out where all of their time is going. I know that there are so many people that say like, take account, take an account of every single minute of every day. Like I'm, I'm, I'm never going to do that. Like if I'm never going to do that, I'm never going to tell somebody else to do that. That just sounds like a freaking nightmare and a time suck on its own. So if somebody recommends that to you, you can give it a try. I would never recommend that. I would just kind of take a second to write down what all of your tasks are and then just kind of like put some time next to them. And I'm a huge fan of a little tactic that I call the post-it note strategy. Mm. I can't take credit for this. I stole it from a student of mine a long time ago. But basically what she started doing was taking like a stack of post-it notes and writing each task on an individual post-it note and stacking them on top of each other and putting them beside her laptop every day. And then she would peel one off and toss it when she was done. But what she found and what I have found is that she got through her list and saved a ton of time because she didn't look at 10 or 15 different things. She looked Mm -hmm. at one. She had one singular focus and she would do that thing. And then she would peel it off and toss it and then look at the next thing versus looking at a list of 10 things being like, okay, I have to post on Instagram. Okay. I have to show up in that Facebook group. I have to send that email. And then you get caught up in all these different little things that you have to be doing versus out of sight, out of mind truly does play a role when it comes to saving time. So I highly recommend just doing something like that. If you feel like your list is just too long and too overwhelming, just simplify things for yourself. I also definitely recommend that people just cut out waste. Like cut out waste like there's no tomorrow. Like, you know, we we do Marie Kondo on our houses. Let's do Marie Kondo on all of our digital stuff and all of our businesses. Yeah. It, It definitely needs to happen. You do not need to be on all the time. Like we've talked about, you do not need to show up every single day. You do not need to be on every single platform. Just do the things that absolutely have to do. Like make a list of everything you do in your business. What are the non-negotiables? And actually like be ruthless when it comes to this like do you actually need to show up on Facebook when was the last time you got a client from there where mm-hmm. where like this is what I always say to my clients follow the money yep. this is a scenario where money is king money isn't always king okay at least not in my world time is king in my world but yes. follow the money where are your clients coming from are they coming from one particular Facebook group that you engage in regularly and you have great conversations, show up there. So stop showing up on Instagram. If you don't get a client over here, if you don't make money from somewhere, then stop showing up. If you find that you're struggling with time, 
cut out the waste, only do the non-negotiables, do that for a few weeks, and then layer in something to see how it goes. Mm -hmm. But all of the extra things, they're not making you money anyway. So who cares? Like, who cares? Who cares if you get an extra 10 followers? Who cares if you get some more likes? Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Yep. Follow the money. Do what is working to land clients. You know, start getting those clients in the door, make the money, and then layer on the other things after, right? That's something that I find a lot of people struggle with is they want to be in all the places, doing all the things, being on Instagram, building the email list, even though they don't have a digital offer. So, you know, email lists are great for services, but it's a completely different, like, thing that you have to do. Anyway, post-it note strategy, get rid of the waste, like, do those things today. You don't have to post and say, hey, I'm peacing out from Instagram for a while. Just stop going over there. Remove it from your phone. Just do it and Mm -hmm. see how you feel. Do you lose money? Do you gain a client because you actually focused where you needed to focus? see how it goes. It's all about testing, but testing in a way that is very intentional. I love boiling it down to something so simple because I mean, social media is a big part of my business and I've gotten a lot of really high dollar clients from there. And yet 90% of my new clients come from referrals of happy past clients. 90%. Mm -hmm. So if I wanted to take time off Instagram because it's not serving me anymore, I feel good about that, you know? And I, I think we get so caught up and showing up like we've been talking about, and it might not even be necessary for your business. If it's fun, great. But if it's not, step away. Exactly. And I love that because, you know, if you get 90% of your business from referrals now, that's something where you can take a step back and be like, okay, all of the time and energy that I'm putting towards Instagram, I can actually put towards some kind of like referral engagement program Mm -hmm. where it's like, I touch base with them once a month for six months to see how they're doing. There's an incentive program. There's like a, an alum like group or what, there's so many things that you can do to really hone in on the fact that you know what, referrals are where the money's coming from, I'm going to follow the money. And I'm, you know, showing up on Instagram, you know, once a week or something. Okay, cool. I'll just have fun with it. But this is where my money is. So this is where I'm going to put my time, I'm going to love on my people. And then it's just going to grow from there. Like it's inevitable if you put that time in there. But if you're putting time with other things that aren't really making you any money, and I feel like we're talking about money a lot now. But the reality is, your time needs to, like, we don't trade time for money, but money kind of makes the world go round at this point and we have to support our families, right? So you do eliminate waste so that your time is intentionally moving the needle forward. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Sam, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been such a wonderful conversation. This was so fun. I loved it. I could talk about this stuff all day. I totally agree. Well, tell everyone where to find you. Yes. So you can find me at samanthasaintmarie.com. It is not spelled like you would normally think. It's S-T-E, not S-A-I-N-T. I have to tell everyone that, but it's samanthasaintmarie.com. I have tons of resources, both for finding clients and also for saving time, there's 22 ways to save time in 2022 specifically, but these are all things that you could like do right now. 
not test this over a week. It's like flip the page and here's another thing that you can implement in five minutes. And that those are the kinds of tips that I love. So that resource is there for you. And you can also come and hang out with me on Instagram. It's the same thing. Just Samantha St. Marie, because apparently nobody else has my name. You know, I got to love that. <laughs> Perfect. Well, we will link everything in the show notes too, to make it nice and easy for people to find. And just thank you again. This was wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to Take It Personally. If you're a regular listener, you might already know that some of the best conversations actually happen after the show. Head over to Facebook and search Take It Personally podcast to join our private Facebook group and join the conversation. We'll also put the link in the show notes. And if you haven't already, would you head over to iTunes and leave us a review? This is the best way to let other people know about the show and help us to keep creating content you love. You can also head to takeitpersonallypodcast.com for all the show notes from today's episode and past episodes. Thanks so much for listening. See you next week.